our playlists and our fairy lights. And while all of that is very important and you want to have a very safe, sacred birth, I feel like we don't, it's like the wedding and the marriage. Like, I feel like we don't put nearly as much emphasis or energy into preparing for postpartum. Hey everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. In this episode, we talk with Bethany Arrington, a local certified nurse midwife, about her journey into motherhood and how she has been serving mothers for over 15 years. I'd like to start this episode off first by saying thank you so much to all the listeners and everybody that has supported us along the way. This has been an amazing journey so far, and it has been such a blast recording episodes and watching the podcast expand. We are currently going through our Heal Your Trauma Mama event, which is 30 days of mini episodes that you can follow along with. And we are also getting ready for our first ever spring festival event on May 15th. This event is going to be packed with guest speakers, activities, vendors, food trucks, giveaways, and it will be a space to truly embrace motherhood. This event is family friendly and kids five and under will be free, but keep in mind that this event is meant to celebrate mamas and bring us together so that we can hear each other's stories and bond as a community. I hope to see you there as past guests of the podcast and mamas from all over come together to make this event possible. Use the promo code ENTERINGMOTHERHOOD50 to get 50% off. To learn more about the event and who you can expect to see there, check out the show notes and head on over to the Entering Motherhood website, or feel free to reach out to me with any questions. And with that, let's get this episode started. So hello and welcome to Entering Motherhood. I am so excited to have you here and finally meet you and really just get this conversation going. So how about you go ahead and introduce yourself for our listeners? Awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah, for having me. I know our schedules have been a little bit difficult to, to coordinate. You know, babies, they come when they want to. So I appreciate uh, your flexibility. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Bethany Arrington. I am a certified nurse midwife in the Greenville, South Carolina area. Um, I am just amazed and humbled and honored to be able to do what I do on a daily basis. And I'm constantly pinching myself like, is this real life? I'm coming up on almost 10 years of being a midwife and every birth just leaves me in amazement at just women and how strong we are and how much we are capable of. And I'm still loving what I'm doing 10 years in. And so I'm, I'm just happy to be here to chat and just talk about all things motherhood and babies and pregnancy and all of that. Yeah, yeah. We're so happy to have you here. So tell us, you know, what was your motherhood journey like? Man, that is a very, very, very loaded question. So like I said, I've been a midwife for 10 years, um, but I have only been a mother for about three and a half. And what a journey that has been so far. My daughter, Eden, she, uh, like I said, is three and a half. My husband and I, uh, we very much were wanting and planning a pregnancy. 
And being a midwife, I was unsure what kind of uh, edge or what kind of what kind of head start that would give me into my motherhood journey. And I can be honest and tell you, it prepared me none, you know, none, <laughs> none, none of my training, none of my midwifery career prepared me for, for being my, being a mother and having my own child. It really is one of those things you have to kind of jump in blindly and figure it out as you go. And so I'm here to say, you know, I'm in the thick of it still. I'm, I'm dealing with toddler and all the things that go along with that. And so I'm learning as I, as I go, you know, my pregnancy, um, I was cared for by midwives, which I think is just, I, I just love everything about midwifery. So that was a no brainer when I got pregnant that I would be cared for by midwives. I try to not set myself up for, for a lot of expectations. I was pretty much open to the journey and how that would unfold. Um, but I feel like I experienced everything. You know, I had a very sick first trimester. I had a very emotionally stressful pregnancy. My mother was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer um, during my pregnancy about halfway through. So from an emotional standpoint, that brought a lot of extra feelings and emotions to an already difficult pregnancy. Um, I also was working full time as a midwife at the time. Uh, delivering babies, working in the office, you know, being a director of a busy hospital-based practice. So I, I was I was doing a lot, um, probably a little bit more than I should have, you know, to be honest. Um, and I ended up developing preeclampsia at 37 weeks, which I think had a lot to do with my workload, my stress level, you know, so I ended up having to be induced um, luckily, I was under the care of an amazing midwife who shepherded me through an induction as a first-time mother. And while it was very intervention-heavy, I had every intervention in the book, which I think is laughable that as a low-risk midwife, I experienced a very high-risk delivery and birth. Uh, but because of this midwife and because of a lot of people that were rooting for me and cheering for me and praying for me, I still ended up having a very great vaginal delivery at 37 weeks with my sweet baby girl, Eden. Um, and I'm just so thankful for that experience. It definitely uh, put it in perspective. And it was different being a, a patient, being a mama for the first time and not being in the midwife role. So from then on, you know, into postpartum and all the things and breastfeeding and recovery. Um, so it definitely was a very humbling experience for me. Um, to experience it after counseling and coaching and helping women through that for all those years to finally like put my money where my mouth is and do it myself. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't know anything. I, it's all abstract until you do it yourself. Um, and so I think it's made me a better midwife now having gone through it um, myself. And again, I'm in awe. I'm like this is, we're just women or we're superheroes. Well, the fact that we're doing all the things that we are having families and careers and trying to have successful relationships and have friends and deal with COVID. Like we're just amazing. And my job as a midwife is to reaffirm that with everyone that I come in contact with on a daily basis. So I'm just like a cheerleader, like keep going, keep going. We don't yes. have a choice. So keep going. You can do it. Yes. I love that. It's so interesting to hear that you were a midwife before you became a mom, because I think a lot of the times like people that I have on the show and things like that, you know, because of their birth experience or because of what they've seen or, or the lack of like care or things like that, 
you know, they've really propelled into the world of helping moms and caring for them, whether it be, you know, even like doulas and things and such. And so like, like you said, like now you had to take what you were learning and everything that you had been like talking about and actually apply that. And it, it it's really cool to see like, you know, that transition of, whoa, okay, like, I know I was saying this, but like, now that I've experienced it myself, like, I can really kind of apply those things that I've learned. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I've always prided myself on being very empathetic and sympathetic, but boy, oh boy, after experiencing it, it, it hits differently. Let's just yeah. say that. Yeah. So can you kind of explain, you know, like the role of a midwife, like if somebody's not familiar with a midwife versus like OBGYN, like things like that, like how, you know, does your care specifically differ and like what is the role of a midwife? That's a very good question. And one of the very first things I always tell people is I go back to the basics. So you pee on a stick, you get pregnant, you're excited. You're like, oh my gosh, who's going to take care of me? Traditionally in the American culture, we call an OBGYN. It's just like a no-brainer. You know, you've seen them for your pap smears, your annual exams. You call your OBGYN office and you get plugged in and you go for your first appointment. And you're plugging along, things are good. And then when it starts coming time to think about your birth and your plans and what that's going to look like for you, sometimes that's the first time you realize, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Like, this isn't what I was expecting. This isn't what I thought. This isn't what I was looking for. And a lot of times that's the first time you realize there's a difference in philosophy. So on the other side of that, you have the midwifery model of care. And that's where women are looking for a more personal experience, really kind of getting to know the person that you've hired to help you. You know, midwives, our training is a little bit varied, but as a certified nurse midwife, I have a nursing background. And then I went back to school and I have a master's in uh, nurse midwifery. And so with that, I'm able to, I think, straddle the fence, have a more holistic um, mindset and holistic training, but also having that medical background to be able to you know, take care of women full body and know when there are problems, but not overreact, focusing on wellness and prevention versus, uh, you know, pathology or waiting on the other shoe to drop sort of, uh, sort of philosophy, which I think a lot of physicians have. And so a lot of women don't realize midwives can take care of you throughout your entire pregnancy. And so I get a lot of people that call me literally like I'm in the bathroom, the stick's not even, it's not been three minutes yet, but it looks like it's going to be positive. So I can start with the couple. I can start with the mama from that point throughout her entire pregnancy. And so each of their visits is focused on, like we said, wellness, mentally, physically, emotionally, nutrition. Like we cover lots of different topics and we leave plenty of time to get to know each other, which is a completely different experience than going to an OBGYN where you may have five minutes, maybe 10, if you have a couple of questions, but there's not really that personal connection or that personal relationship that you have with the midwife. Um, like I said, a midwife, depending on the practice setting, midwives work in the hospital, outside of the hospital. Me in particular, I practice outside of the hospital now. You know, I do home birth and birth center. But that's not to say the majority of midwives, especially certified nurse midwives, do still work in hospital settings. So women that desire a low intervention birth or the midwifery model of care, which is focused on wellness versus pathology, 
you can still have that in a hospital setting. So I love to shout that out as well, that just because you say midwife, that doesn't mean you have to be hippie in the woods, you know, candles and herbs <laughs> and patchouli, you know, there's, there's, there's different strokes for different folks. So midwifery is about meeting you where you are and helping you have the type of birth experience and the pregnancy care that you want. Awesome. So, you know, let's talk about home birth and birth centers and, you know, where you've gone from working with a a midwifery practice and now where you're at now and what that journey has been like. Yeah, I, I could not have predicted that this is where my life would be right now. I mean, like I said, I've been a midwife for 10 years of those 10 most of them have been hospital-based. I did my training. I went to, uh, got my master's through East Carolina University. And to be a midwife, you have to have a certain number of hours in practice, shadowing, working with other midwives. And so I was fortunate when I was in school to be partnered with a group of midwives that were opening a birth center in Charleston, Charleston Birthplace. And so that's where I first fell in love with out-of-hospital birth low interventive birth. That's where I really kind of knew that I wanted to be a midwife and really knew what type of midwife I wanted to be. And so when I graduated school, my I was kind of laser focused. I really wanted a job that I could practice as a midwife, low interventive, natural childbirth, supporting women with their birth plans. And I landed here in Greenville, South Carolina, and was fortunate enough to find a hospital-based practice that was doing that with plans to open their own birth center. And so for eight years, I worked in a dual, you know, hospital slash hybrid birth center practice and really honed my skills. I was the director of that practice for about five years. And so things were great. Life was good. I really didn't realize how strongly I felt about out of hospital birth until the hospital closed the birth center that we ran. And then that really like struck a nerve with me. I was like, oh, ouch. I don't think I realized I was this passionate about it until it was until it was taken away from me. And so that's really when the desire to do my own thing and to branch out and to be out of the hospital, that's really kind of when that took root. That was even before COVID. After COVID hit, I was like, okay, that was just the extra nudge I needed to go ahead and, and move forward with my plan. And so Genesis Birth and Wellness, my new practice, um, I've been open since March of 2021. Uh, we hit the ground running. Um, and so we are, are doing well. We just announced a few days ago that we are opening a birth center. Um, and that is also here in Greenville, South Carolina. We're now located at 23 Mills Avenue um, in downtown Greenville. And so we are excited for our growth. We're excited for our birth community. We are the only birth center here in Greenville right now. And we're excited about the possibilities. A little bit scared, I'm not going to lie, uh, you know, but we're we're excited. Yeah. And so also, you know, you just mentioned you're the only birth center in Greenville, but I just want to you know, like call out, like you are the only African-American certified nurse midwife offering these services in the area. So what does that mean to you? Like, what is that like? I don't take it lightly. I mean, you said it and uh, I I have been blown away. I, I literally am at a loss of words for the amount of love and support and the amount of emails and messages that I've gotten 
just of women who are like, you are such an inspiration to me as a woman of color and you make me want to be a midwife or I'm going to nursing school or I never even knew that there were options, but I saw this post. And so now, you know, once those blinders are off and you, you know more than you did, I, I, I'm just blown away. And I'm so happy that I can be a catalyst for change and an awakening and stirring the pot here in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, and so I have a very diverse clientele and I am so happy about that. Um, I take care of all women. And so um, I'm just meeting people where they are and I'm being authentic. And I think that's what resonates with people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really amazing. And I think, you know, we do need to be considering everybody where they're at and what's going on and making sure that we're caring for them in the way that they want to and like respecting them and hearing them and everything like that. And I think, you know, that's something unique, like how you were saying with the midwives and being more personable and really just connecting with their clients more in a different way and really hearing them. Like what has that, I mean, like, I guess you've only practiced in midwife care, but, you know, hearing from maybe clients that didn't receive that care previously, and now they're seeking your services. What is that like to hear from moms that may have had a, a different experience? I think a lot of women come to midwifery. There's some that, you know, have done their research very early on and know, you know, as a young woman about midwifery care and natural birth and all of that. But unfortunately, a lot of women find midwifery from bad experiences in the past that's, that, that kind of propel them or motivate them to do more research. And so a large part of my clientele are women who have had traditional OBGYN care and it didn't go the way that they expected. And so once they come in and I'm just being myself, you know, I'm just like, Hey girl, Hey, you know, let's sit, let's chat. Like we're girlfriends. Let's get to know each other. We're drinking coffee. And like, it's very natural to me. And so it just, it's funny to me that people are like, Oh my God, you're awesome. I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm not even trying. This is just real life. We're getting to know each other. And so again, that, that part is what I think, I get commented on the most, like you just actually came in and sat down and we're like talking, like, actually, you want to know what's going on with me. You want to get to know me. I feel like we could be sisters or friends, you know, and it's not that provider patient, that whole stiff, starchy relationship. Um, we really, we're like friends. I, I tell people after we go through this whole journey together, we're more than friends. We're family. Like y'all, I want an invitation to, to Thanksgiving. Like we're, we're family after this. And so that that I think is where where I where I hear a lot of the differences. Just the time, just listening, which is which is simple, you know, just listening and 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 being concerned and validating people's issues and helping them to find solutions. Yeah. So what about postpartum care? Like what can you expect uh being with a midwife or even you specifically when, you know, we've had the baby? Yeah. And I can speak to it again, after having my own, knowing some of the struggles that a lot of women have postpartum, you know, we put a lot of emphasis on preparing for birth and the birth plan and our playlist and our fairy lights. And while all of that is very important and you want to have a very safe, sacred birth, I feel like we don't, it's like the wedding and the marriage. Like, I feel like we don't put nearly as much emphasis or energy into preparing for postpartum. So 
a large part of my care, we spend, hey, let's, what are our postpartum plans? Who are, who's your village? Who's your support system? Who can we call? Like, let's get a DoorDash menu. Like, let's, let's put some plans in place so this is not so daunting and isolating, you know, and some of it, I talk from my personal experiences and some of the things that I learned that helped me and, and normalizing the feelings and the emotions and the postpartum, you know, I like to talk about it on the front end so no one can say I wasn't prepared or nobody talked to me about this or, you know, I'm still, we do home visits and we're like calling and texting and FaceTiming and we're, we're constantly checking in because we know that, you know, unfortunately in our American culture, the way the model is set up, you have tons of visits prenatally. And then it's like, all right, we'll see you in six weeks. Good luck, you know, figure it out. But so much can happen in that six weeks and postpartum lasts way longer than six weeks. And so that is kind of one of my passion projects is making sure women feel supported and feel like they have the resources and connections for, for even after the baby is born. Yeah, I love the analogy that you use, like the wedding and then there's the marriage. You know, I think so many people do kind of get fixated on birth and the experience and things like that. And then it's all of a sudden, okay, here's this baby. Now what? And I think like that's where I kind of felt in my experience. And I had an unplanned cesarean. I was in labor for an extended period of time and things were just like not going well. I started to spike a fever. It was it was a whole progression of things. And I think though, postpartum, like it was probably about like six months postpartum that I was really just like something clicked and I was like, what is going on? Like, I think I was in such a fog and such a like, just trying to run with everything. I went back to work after nine weeks. Uh, it was just like trying to drug juggle my old life with just somehow throwing this baby into the mix. Like I didn't quite comprehend what needed to happen now that there's this whole life with you. And like you had said, like, you know, now with a marriage, like you have this whole other person that you're connected with, that you're, you know, responsible for. And it's just, it's so much more, I think, than we're sort of led to believe unless we're doing that research and doing that extra work to think about our postpartum plan and think about what that's going to be like. And, you know, like you said, like, I think we hear, oh, like get a meal train and like have meals delivered or like, oh, you're going to need this and you're going to need that. But I think we don't know what we're going to need until we're thrown into it ourselves. And then even then we have to ask ourselves, like, what do I need? What do I want? And I think for a lot of women, that's something that you don't necessarily think about until all of a sudden you're in that position. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. My story was very similar to yours. I feel I took uh, 12 weeks off. Again, I was practicing busy midwife, busy practice. I took uh, 12 weeks off and jumped immediately back into my fully hectic, chaotic schedule and was trying to figure out how to deliver babies, how to pump. Oh my gosh, where am I going to store this milk and all the things. And I can remember to the day I was six months postpartum and I took a breath and I was like, I feel like this is the first time I've breathed since I had my baby. It was like six months postpartum. I was like, that feels like the first breath. Like I've been holding my breath for six months. 
and just just going, 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 doing all the things, feeding my baby, doing all the things. So I, I my story is very similar to yours. Yeah. Like, man, okay. All right. What do you think that was? Like at that six month period, like when you finally just felt like you kind of like stepped up and looked around and took that breath, like what was going on? Like, what do you think kind of caused that realization to happen? To be honest with you, Sarah, I really have no idea. My baby, she did not love to sleep. I mean, she was a great nurser that I thank God that went without any complications or hiccups, but she, I don't think she, you know, I think I was hyper-focused and hyper-obsessed with sleep and getting her to sleep. And it that part really, I think, affected my mental health, just being so hyper-focused on sleep or the lack thereof. And I don't think she slept through the night. I remember, um, I think it was my birthday. So she was like, a year she was almost a year old I mean we were nursing every two three hours we were co-sleeping so I'm delivering babies by day and night and I'm 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 you know burning the candle at both ends nursing a baby constantly and not I'm not sleeping so I don't know if I was just on fumes or adrenaline or what I mean thank god I love my job and I love what I do I couldn't imagine you know having to go to a workplace that was not supportive or was, you know, making my breastfeeding journey difficult, you know, so I sympathize for women that don't have, you know, supportive workplaces and supportive coworkers. Um, but that, I mean, that was the only way, you know, I just tunnel vision, just plug my way through survival mode, I think is what, what, what I would call it. So I don't really think there was a specific thing at six months. I just remember man it's been six months since I've been (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I think it's just such a crazy thing and I think there's just like something going on that is still like not really comprehensible or like like we're just not aware of it I guess and it's just sort of like our body is flowing through these emotions and like you said like you got fixated on sleep like I was concerned with feedings and things like that like I needed to know you know, like, when do I pump? And like, how does this work? And is she getting enough? Like, I was getting a lot of kind of, I don't want to say like backlash, but it was sort of like, oh, are you sure she's eating enough? Because she's breastfed and like, other babies are getting this many ounces. And like, she's only getting this. And like, I would go to into the pediatrician and they would say like, you know, like, she's fine. She's doing like great on her own chart and everything like that. But then, um, one visit we had like a different pediatrician and they were like, Oh, like maybe you should start like adding in rice cereal and stuff like that. Like she's like lower on the curve. And it just like threw me off. I was like, what do you mean? Like, I, am I not feeding? Like I felt like I wasn't doing my quote unquote yeah, like, like a personal job. attack. Yeah. 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 And like, I think we, you know, we take like all these, like if, if they're having like developmental issues or like, you know, they are low on the curve or they're not sleeping correctly. Like we tend to just like assume it's something that we're doing wrong. And so like, I spent tons of money on sleep manuals and books and the experts and the consultants and taking care of babies and up at 3 a.m. on Instagram. I mean, I I was hyper-focused. And I'm like, I guess I could have been trying to sleep during all that time I was researching sleep. But, you know, um, it's one of those things. You just kind of do the best you can. 
like I said, you see, you see your OB at six weeks and yet you have all of this stuff that happens after that point where, you know, there's a, there's a big void. Yeah. What have you found the most helpful and what do you try to instill into mom's kind of like routine, either like preparing for birth or in the postpartum period? Like what are some key things that you really like to reiterate and tell your clients? I, I love women sharing their stories and the importance of support in a village and finding people that are like-minded, especially when you're seeking out, you know, a type of care that is not necessarily the norm in our culture, whether you're having a home birth or a birth center or natural birth in your day-to-day life, you may not have supportive people rooting for you in your corner. And so I love to have women or try to find ways for women to connect with other women who can be their like surrogate village. And so I have created a private group for women in my care to where they can ask questions, get to know each other. So we have our own little private group and private chat just for connectivity. And I think that's where I, I think Cause it can be so isolating, not just postpartum, but pregnancy too. You know, not everyone wants to talk about your pregnancy 24 seven with you in your real life, but there are these other women that are going through the same thing that you are, that they don't mind talking about it. And, you know, postpartum, you're up at 2 AM feeding your baby more than likely somebody else is up to doing the same thing. And so that connectivity, I think is what I, what I love just having other people to vent to, to talk to. They are, they don't know you. They're very unbiased, you know, it's, so it's just a safe space. So that, that's what I love. Yeah. And how was that like for you personally, like going through your whole motherhood experience? Like what was it like finding community, you know, for you specifically? And, and like, are you still very much connected with those people? And, and how does that like look? Yeah, absolutely. I had a few friends that had babies around the same time as me. One specifically, our babies are a week apart. Um, And so me and her, I mean, I I could not have gotten through those first few weeks, months. You know, we were on maternity leave at the same time. And so it was so funny. Like we would we would text all night long for I mean, every day, every night for weeks and months. And so our babies were on different patterns. And so I would see, I would text her, feed my baby, fall asleep. And then I'd wake up the next time and look at my phone and she would have responded by the time I look at my phone again. And so vice versa. So it was really nice to know I had somebody that was like literally in the trenches with me and I I love her dearly, but like I could always look forward to a message on my phone when I woke up two hours later to feed my baby because she was up doing the same thing. And so, um, again, I can't stress enough the importance of having a village and, and finding people who, who you can lean on and that, that can lean on you. Um, cause this is hard. Being a mom is hard. So, I mean, it's rewarding and we, we love it and we wouldn't change it for the world, but it's still hard work. Yeah. Yeah. And what has the past, you say your daughter's three and a half. I know I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for all the milestones and the maturity, but at the same time, it's like, Jesus Christ, you're killing me small. (laughs) (laughs) 
What has yeah. been like the most, I guess, enjoyable part of motherhood in those three and a half years? Just watching her just learn new things and new skills and just developing her own personality. She is a strong black woman. Okay. And I am loving it already. She is very opinionated. The world is going to know who she is. And I am like trying not to stifle all of that right now because it is going to take her places, honey. Uh, the other day we were at the birth center and she loves being there with me as we're kind of working and kind of getting it together. So it's been so special to have her there at the birth center and to be involved in that. But she came to me the other day and said, mommy, will you be my best friend? <laughs> oh, I mean, I could have melted. Yes, like, cuddle, yes, cuddle. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll be your best friend. And just with such just innocence yeah. and like just love. And I'm like, oh, one of these days you won't feel that way. But for now, yeah. as as crazy as you make Aww. me, I'm going to soak up. Yes, I will be your best friend. Yeah, Absolutely. that is so sweet. That's <laughs> like, yeah, I picked Rosie up from daycare yesterday and she literally was like caressing my face and like rubbing my cheek as I'm buckling her into the car seat. She's two. And she was like, mommy, I love you so much. I missed you today. And I was like, oh, my heart. I, I was know. like, I, I was missed like, you too. I know. They know how to get you, right? Like, I was like, Eden, I was literally about to put you out up for adoption. And then now you've, <laughs> like, you've, you've yeah. reeled me back yeah. in. You yeah, know? it was like two seconds later. Can I have fruit snacks? <laughs> yeah. Eden calls us Eden has a, like her language. She still some says some stuff backwards, so uh -huh. she calls them snack fruits. Oh, mommy, can I have can I have some snack fruits? Yeah, I'm like yes, yeah. yes, my best friend. You can yeah. have some snack fruits. <laughs> oh. oh, that is so cute. I love that. Well, this has been like so awesome talking to you, and I'm so like thankful that we finally got this experience to really connect and chat and and just hear more about you. So yeah, yes. this has been great. <laughs> So if we are in the Greenville area or I don't know, do you do virtual services and stuff too at all? I haven't yet, but that is something, you know, we are definitely open to, you know, since COVID, the world has been much different. And so the virtual world has opened up a lot of possibilities. So um, I'm not close minded to it. We've just not done it yet. Awesome. Well, where can we reach you? Where can we find you? Like, give us all that information. Yeah. So like I said, I'm Bethany Arrington. Um, our practice is Genesis Birth and Wellness. We are on Instagram and Facebook. Our handles are our business name, Genesis Birth and Wellness. Um, my website, genesisbirthandwellness.com. We have a contact link, our email address, phone number are on there. Um, so we're, we're here. We're working hard. We're excited. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. This has been great. Yes. Thank you so much, Sarah, for having me. Well, this wraps up yet another episode of Entering Motherhood. I hope that you have found this episode helpful. And if you liked it, please share it with others who might also benefit from this information. If there's anything that you'd like to know more about, or maybe you know someone who'd like to be on the show, please visit my website, enteringmotherhood.com. I'm so thrilled to be going on this journey with you and getting the amazing opportunity to help moms during this postpartum experience. You can also now find us on Instagram and Facebook at Entering Motherhood.